0: Warning, the following audio contains content intended for older audiences. Listener's discretion is advised. Boom, that good old music, man. Ain't nothing like some good music to get your day started and going. Thank you all for listening and tuning in on this thirsty thursday for this episode of brew talk i appreciate it very much no matter where you're listening at don't forget to subscribe to get notifications to stay up to date as soon as an episode releases so so far we've got the thursday episodes that we plan to do weekly and i've got a few more episodes planned for every monday at five as of right now so y'all stay tuned for those. So, as far as for brew talk, it's, it's gonna be more of a let loose interviewing, give you some updates with the gladiator, kind of what's going on in my life, and and hopefully help our guest loosen up a little bit with their information kind of what's going on with them you know no matter what they're drinking it's not like they have to be forced to drink alcohol you know not everybody has to do that so whether you're drinking a dr pepper zero sugar like i am since it is hey hey your boy's been up since 4 30 Prepping this episode. Oh, Hank, here. See, every time I try to record an episode, something happens. Thunder happens. Trash man comes, picks up something. I don't even know if y'all can hear him in the background. But anyway, you boys been putting in work since 430 this morning. Finding stuff for the episode, future episodes, you know, trying trying to figure stuff out, maybe that you know y'all would like to hear. I did put a post out on my Instagram of, of mom and pop restaurants in the state. Um, I've had a few responses here and there of those, but I thought that might be kind of a, a cool idea to go out and venture around the state, whether we're out riding and overlanding or if we are just simply just want to drive around and eat somewhere at uh, maybe some of these mom and pop restaurants, with you know, for a good old greasy burger or Whatever it is y'all prefer, if they if they have a, a good mixed drink, you know that that's kind of a one of a kind type deal, or even just a, a good a good brewski, you know. So I'm not opposed to any of that, but you know I like to eat, and especially at good places like that, it it's hard to hard to pass them up. And there's usually always a, a lot of the hole in the walls, um, as far as not being as famous, smaller restaurants and stuff. That that honestly outdo these these bigger chain restaurants maybe minus waffle house because it's hard how do you beat the sloppiness of waffle house with that biscuit and gravy and those greasy eggs and bacon and i can just about if waffle house wants a sponsor hey shoot it over here because i'll take all the free food i can get from waffle house because it is hard to pass up a good old Waffle House, especially if you've had brewskis, not to mention that late at night, two o'clock, had a few too many brewskis. What's better? Hey, let's go to Waffle House. So as far as what's going on, it has been hot all this week in Arkansas. It's been mid-90s, upper 90s, uh, started out humid, humid as hell the first of the week. Then it kind of lessened up to just, just being hot and dry. Um, so as soon as I get off from work, I I usually don't do much outside other than mowing, mowing my yards for now, especially this time of year. It is, it is hard for me to get out and camp unless I just go out, out on a ride because it is so hot and you're literally, not that I'm scared to sweat, obviously, since I work outside, but it it is just, it's not comfortable or enjoying for me to, to go and sit out. Unless, you know, I guess if you run enough fans or you've got an AC unit to go and sit out somewhere and it, and it's you're just literally sweating while you're sitting down in the chair. So, I mean, it, it's it makes no sense to me. But, hey, some people like it. Everybody's different. I, I prefer when it's, you know, hell, it could be negative 20 outside and I would prefer to go then versus it being close to 100 degrees outside because I feel like I can always put more clothes on, but I can't ever take enough off. And which you know, not everybody'd like to see this, this uh, this naked bod of mine anyway. So, yeah. But no, no new updates on the gladiator. I, I'm eyeballing a, some small accessories, maybe some a molly panel uh, for the the top part of the roof. There goes that damn trash man again. I don't even know if y'all could hear it through there or not. But uh, the molly panel for the roof, I've debated on. Buying some Molly pouches, which I already have a few, but I have bought some of those to hang up there to put stuff in, uh, maybe a, like a tearaway first aid kit, stuff like that. That's just kind of a quick grab, maybe mount my radio, my uh, GMRS radio up there because I have it mounted on the side right now and the gladiators come on the on the passenger side there's literally just like a little plastic uh, plug i guess that they that's so you can remove the rest of the uh the console dash part there where your shifter and stuff is and there's a bolt that's that's hidden up underneath that that little uh plastic cap plug whatever you want to call it and that's i took it out and drilled and mounted uh with through a boat with that gmrs radio and then just pushed it back in there. It's just held in by like a, it's not even a clip. It's almost like kind of like push pins, but I've been having an issue here lately. I don't know if some of the plastic has kind of worn and rubbed off, but it tends, if it gets bumpy on the, even on the highway, I hadn't even been off road with it. Even if it just tends to get a little bit bumpy from left to right, side to side, it will fall out of that, that, that spot. So I've got to either glue that, that cap in there where it won't come back out again or mount my radio up top, run the wires through th- through the visor, dash, panels, whatever you want to call it, down the side of the window, and, and it, it would be kind of a pain or hectic. Uh, update on the fridge. Still haven't got it yet. Called Rough Country because I got a, a, a email that's saying it's supposed to ship on the 11th. Gave it a few days. Didn't receive another email about it shipping. So we ended up calling Rough Country. Well, now it's back ordered till the 21st, which I could imagine because a $400 fridge or $400 and some change after uh, tax and all is uh, is a pretty good price. The best one I've seen as far as a company that's been around. I, I know there's some that's on Amazon and some others that have reviewed some on YouTube that, you know, from other, other places, but... Ended up going with that rough country, like I said, and it's showing right now the twenty-first. So I don't know if that'll get pushed out again. The only good thing, at least, it's not you know a major overlanding time during the summer, at least for me, because like I said, it, it's so hot. So I usually don't get out and camp very much. Next, I am currently trying to figure out the podcast setup. I, I've had, like I said, I've, I've done podcasts uh, in a different format before and it was more for the hunting, hunting industry, trying to do that film and do all that stuff. And I will give my hats off to the people who, who do excellent film work now for YouTube and stuff like that. I, I know how much work it is, how much time it is. I mean, it, it is that that's why I have yet to decide to do that for overlanding. It, it's just a lot of work, a lot of time to edit and put stuff together, much less try to figure out a storyline, uh, the guy on YouTube now that I watch one of him, one of his videos um, or his series that he's doing the story till now. That guy, and his gladiator, he, he does some some pretty good good film work, and uh, so he's he's a good one to watch on YouTube. And I've I tried to do that when I first started out uh, overlanding. What was it back in twenty nineteen, I believe, when I had my Chevy Silverado at the time. I took it out a few times in the Wachita's and camped out in a tent a few times out there with uh, me, by myself, and my brother. And that's kind of when I started to enjoy it um, after I'd watched a few episodes of Arkansas Off-Road and Dispersed Camperman. The good thing about Dispersed Camperman, he leaves his waypoints of where he's camped at. And he does a pretty good video and drone footage of kind of the area where he's staying at. So I knew it was pretty accessible. Plus he had, I believe it was an F-250 with the actual camper shell on it. So I knew in my head, okay, if he can get in there, I can get in there with my Silverado. So that's kind of what got me started was going to some of these places because some of the videos that, you know, most of the time that you see for overlanding are going through some some pretty crazy stuff. And at the time, I did not feel comfortable enough to go in my Silverado in these places. And, you know, little did I know even to get to some of these these cool campsites that, that some of the people were at. You don't have to have, I mean, four by four, I can see might be necessary in case it's rainy or muddy, but you necessarily don't have to have 38s or, you know, a big Jeep or like the setup like I have now. I mean, it's everything that I've done so far, it has been pretty much overkill for my setup, which, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but I mean, it's, you literally can get out right now and, and go, I would say at least a four by four vehicle that way, you have an extra two wheels in case you get stuck. You're more likely to be able to get out. But um, just just do your research. There, there's a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of videos and a lot of even podcasts that that show you how to plan trips using Gaia or Onyx, whatever your flavor is that you want to use for apps to, to find stuff. Google and satellite maps, uh, using that and YouTube of, of some of these areas that people have camped at. But uh, let me see. Oh, swinging back around to the, the camping a few times in in the Silverado, um, I figured out. Okay, hey, this this might be a be a thing, but it, it is a little bit more of a full size truck. And some of these areas that I see see people going is a little tighter spaces, and I'd I'd try to eliminate as many pinstripes as I can. So I went looking and, and searching around, ended up trading in the the Silverado for a. Uh, Tacoma had it for about six months and had uh, a bed rack rooftop tent roof rack no lift no nothing special still street tires and playing I went out riding a few 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 more times out on places and, and even with that I, I just didn't go strenuous places because I, I just at the time I didn't feel like tearing up my stuff and 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 ruin it, not that necessarily, you know, every trail, trail will tear up your stuff, but it, it was more of the mindset of, okay, I, I'd rather it's still kind of new to me. It, it's a new vehicle, still pretty nice. You know, I, I'd rather just not beat and bang it up. So I had it for about six months and ended up getting a bass boat within that amount of time. And realize that it was not the best to, to tow a, a nineteen foot bass boat. It was still done it, trust me. It still backed it in there, pulled it out, no problem. It was just not as not as uh, I guess you could say comfortable, roadworthy as what I would have liked for it to be in. Especially going up to the hills, up and up around Heber and stuff like that, towing a, a nineteen foot boat that's that's probably thirty five hundred pounds somewhere in there. Was getting to be a much a bit much for that Tacoma, so I ended up trading that in for a brand new twenty twenty. No, all the stuff before that was used. This the Ford ended up being brand new. They, I guess they, you know, it, it wasn't a bad deal. I thought it was a pretty good deal for what I got it for. But uh, it, it was a twenty twenty Ford F one fifty EcoBoost. Then the towing capacity was right right up underneath. Uh, The diesels as far as foot-pounds per torque, however they calculate that, was just a few hundred pounds less. So I was like, okay, I knew that that would be fine for towing, get my bass boat here and there. And then long story short, ended up selling the bass boat uh, probably a few months. uh, I would say probably had to be eight or nine months down the road because it was just sold it back in, I believe it was March. Sometime in there when I sold the bass boat. Cause I'd actually gotten the, uh, the Jeep Gladiator in February, early February is when I bought it. So I still had the bass boat and, and, and it just got to the point where I didn't use the bass boat that much. You know, we had our, our first child. And so that those of you who have children know how much time it takes up in your life. I mean, from the, the moment she got pregnant, wasn't too bad. I mean, you know, just dealing with all the wives out there, if you're listening, don't don't attack me for this. But, you know, the hormonal changes and stuff like that, that stuff is that's real, real deal shit right there. So and, I you know, men go through it, too. I mean, men have periods. I've always joked about that with my wife. Hey, I'm on my period this week, too. So I need my feet rubbed and I need Coke and Skittles and everything else, whatever, you know, I need pampered. But uh yeah, so went through the, the whole pregnancy. We end up having our daughter at. I know I'm kind of jumping side to side, but to give you kind of an idea of what the troubles were, why we couldn't use the bass boat. Anyway, so we had our our child at uh, 32 and a half, I think 32 and a half weeks, right at maybe 33 weeks. And so that was during the the COVID uh, pandemic, which shit was a pain in the ass. We we ended up going to uh, Spring Hill Baptist here in Little Rock. And it, it was literally the biggest shit show, which I mean, it, it, and it's not necessarily them. I know it's the government putting regulations down and all that. But we was there uh, for her getting checked out because she, um, which we didn't know it at the time, but possibly a chance of her having preeclampsia. You know, we've been kind of talking back and forth with the daughter, daughter, doctor. So we, we kind of been keeping an eye on it. So she was uh, put into the hospital then. And once you were there, I mean, you were there, guest and all. They they only allowed one guest. You could not leave the room. If you had food or clothes or anything brought up, the nurses would go down and get it, bring it back up to you. And I had to sit there for three days. Uh, was it, yeah, three days with my wife. We were just monitoring her blood, uh, blood pressure and all that, which preeclampsia, that's pretty much what it is. It causes high blood pressure, which could lead to severe damage you know to my wife and to the baby eventually if you let it go far enough and so i had to stay there for three days i binge watched every episode i possibly could with netflix and everything else so they ended up uh you know letting us know hey we're we're probably gonna have to move you because we would rather go ahead and move you to uh big baptist um was it big baptist or I think it was Big Baptist. Yeah, it was Big Baptist, not children. So they ended up moving us to Big Baptist because they ended up not having a NICU there. So if we ended up having the baby there at Spring Hill Baptist, then they would have to obviously transfer the baby from there to Big Baptist. and then it would take some time for my wife to get transferred. So obviously we didn't want that to happen. So we transferred to Big Baptist and I think we was there for a day and they was contemplating and her br- blood pressure was still going up. And so they was still contemplating on, you know, to try to induce her, I believe if, if that's the correct term to, you know, basically make her have the baby. So they, uh, they decided to go ahead and to do a C-section. And let me tell you, for the first time experience, it is, it is just wild. I mean, they ended up rolling her back into the room, giving her, her, uh, epidural. And, The whole time I'm just thinking, all right, I can't watch, you know, which they had a sheet up, but they also had a big ass two foot round circular mirror up on the ceiling. So if I really wanted to watch, I could see it. But I was just mainly focused on, okay, I cannot pass out. Her mom's been playing jokes on me this whole time of you better not pass out. You better not pass out. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, look, I've skinned many a deer and, you know, messed with animals squirrels and stuff like that and ducks and so I'm like you know I think I could do it but I was like okay I'm just gonna wait and then uh, they're close to the end of the c-section I was like okay I'll, I'll look up and they was uh, basically just starting to shove you know the rest of her organs and stuff. I say the rest of her organs, whatever in the hell they take out. I I don't know exactly what all they take out, but they, you know, I caught kind of the last bit where they was putting some other, you know, some of her internals back into her and then, uh, sewing her up. But it, it was, uh, it was a, a, sur- a surreal experience. She ended up staying in uh, big Baptist at the NICU for about a month, maybe a month and a half or so. I think it was like five weeks or something like that. And it was, uh, it was a a brutal time period for my, for my wife. Um, and I, I mean, I would say, you know, I, I, didn't carry, carry our daughter for, for what would it be about eight, eight months, somewhere around there. So I guess it would be about seven and a half ish to eight, maybe somewhere in there, whatever 32 and a half weeks is. I didn't, I didn't carry her for her that, you know, that time being so, for me, as a father, I guess from my first experience, it, it was kind of hard to. I, I would just say, you know, you 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 have a bond, but it, it's not a super strong one, obviously, because it's a new, you know, basically a new person that you met in your life, and and so it, it's it's kind of surreal, I guess you could say, but you know, obviously they grow on you really fast. So that was kind of the breakdown, but you you can kind of get the gist there of, of why. I didn't have much time for the bass boat. And then after that, you know, she come home and it was just up every three hours. And you think, you know what low sleep is, try having a child and then waking up every three hours on the dot and then going back into work. I mean, you talking about tired as all get out. I mean, I have went on some, some all nighters and, you know, been tired that next day and sleep, you know, during the day when I have the days off, but, it, it was, it was brutal to say the least. So anyway, ended up deciding to, to sell the bass boat and, you know, free up a little bit of, of bills and, and to, uh, to be able to spend some money on the gladiator, you know, put a little extra, extra dough in the pocket. So, so did it. Got the gladiator and, you know, all of y'all know pretty much the gladiator set up with the lift and all that. A lot of that was already on there other than the exterior stuff. And, the extra interior stuff that I've done to it, but that had kind of led me up to, oh, well, and with the Ford too, I forgot to add, I did, I did buy a, a bed rack for it, but never, because I ended up after the Tacoma, I sold all the uh, accessories and the tent and stuff separate. So I ended up having the, the F-150 just buying a bed rack and intended on, uh, fixing it up to more of an overland rig because the full size rig is nice and it would be worked both ways. But, some of the trails that I'd taken it out on, I'd realized a bigger rig is not necessarily better. If I was more out west with, with more open land and stuff like that, no doubt that would be what I would do. Extra room, more space, but some of the tighter spots um, here in Arkansas, it, it's it's better basically for a smaller rig. Not saying you can't do it without a big rig. I mean, we, we, we went and done it, but I just knew the bigger rig was necessarily not for me. And I'd been kind of eyeballing... And basically, I just fell, stumbled across a good deal on this Jeep with with everything pretty much on it that I wanted. So that's why I ended up getting it and ended up pretty much throughout that time period kind of falling in love with overlanding and kind of the camaraderie aspect of it and, and meeting new people. And I've, I've always had a thing for customization. I, I mean, obviously, just like my logo creation and stuff like that, that I, I mess with all the time, changing the logos. And it's, it's almost a curse cause I can't, I just need to leave it the same basically. But that's what I'm currently working on now is to improve, uh, the Arky overlanding, uh, on my Instagram page to improve it. And then hopefully get out some decals and maybe, maybe some patches The patches are just, I mean, they're, they're expensive unless you order like a thousand of them. So, you you know, you can't just order a handful here and there and it, and it'd be price worthy to even try and sell it. You know, there, there was some that come out to be $25 a piece. And I'm like, "I, I wouldn't pay that for a patch. So why in the hell would somebody else pay that, you know, that amount of money for a patch? And so, like I said, with, with the, with the Gladiator, up to that point, I, I knew overlanding was was something I kind of wanted to to go towards and to improve and learn on. I knew I had a lot of learning and still have a lot of learning to do with overlanding, and, and there's a lot of a lot of different pages, a lot of different YouTube pages that you can go to and, and learn a lot. And you know that's that's one of the things too. You don't have to have a super badass rig to get out and, and camp. You know, just just get out and, and camp. You know, and, and if somebody starts to shame you and y'all oh, you ain't got the best gear you ain't got the, the best truck you know you're not a real overlander well you know what hey fuck you okay that that's what exactly what i'd tell them say like, kiss my ass motherfucker because you ain't shit ain't nobody gotta have the best stuff to be able to overland so let's get out and, and camp and, and do some shit you know what i mean and don't let people you know i guess as the saying goes sticks and stones break my bones but words will never hurt me or you know, I guess you could say my fist is going to hurt you. Don't don't fucking pick on me, you know, but but other than that, I mean, it's just hell, just get out and, and do what you want to do. I mean, and like I said, I, I it was just something kind of give you an idea of how I started and have slowly kind of worked my way up up to what I am now and still have a long way to go. Trust me, I, I am by no means a pro in, in the overlanding world. I am still an amateur with. A halfway decent rig. So all of y'all who are thinking, you know, even if you want to get started, you're really not that far behind because I, I still have a lot of learning to do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just it, there's just so much. And I don't it's probably similar to sports. You know, you, you can you can never practice too much. You, you never can you can never stop learning. And and that's how I feel with the, with the overland world. There's, there's always going to be some obstacle that you can overcome, whether it's a down tree, getting up a trail, you know, who knows, maybe you run into a flat. There's, there's always eventually going to be an obstacle that you have to overcome. And it's one of those hobbies that, that you can, you can never gain enough information from. And like I said, there's good people and there's bad people to learn from out there. But it, it's – and maybe that's why I fell in love with it because, you know, obviously I don't play – I've been sports-oriented my whole life, and now I don't play sports. And so it's kind of a, a customization rig setup, exploring, overcoming obstacles, almost like a, a competitive side, you know, of me to, to improve myself and and overcome, you know, whatever obstacles, which luckily I haven't had any knock on wood, you know. So, you know, thank God for that. But, uh, yeah, thank you all for for letting me penetrate your ears once again. Hey, some of these episodes on these Thirsty Thursdays might get a little crazy today. I was just drinking a little uh, Dr. Pepper Zero. Next time, might be drinking something on the rocks, might be drinking some type of beer. So I might get a little crazy, might get a little bit loosened up, uh, let loose a little bit. But uh, that'll be okay. Maybe maybe y'all like these episodes better. Maybe they maybe they relate to you a little bit more with with some of them on down the road. But hey, let's get some of that good succulent, beautiful music. That's like some ASMR shit. I don't know. Hit it.